0: everyone and welcome to the life in the wildlands podcast where we will discuss exciting opportunities with outdoor careers share professional experiences and provide advice to overcome the hurdles to federal employment i am your host becky she and today we have katie glick who works for the bureau of reclamation in california and she's going to share how she started her career with the forest service how she obtained a permanent position and provide advice for those that want to enter into the outdoor career field. Thank you for joining us, Katie. Thank you for joining us today, Katie. Go ahead and tell us more about yourself.
1: Sure. So um, I work for the Bureau of Reclamation out of the California Great Basin office, which is in Sacramento, California. And so our region covers pretty much everything north of Bakersfield all the way up to the start of the Klamath River and then all the way out to the Utah border. So most in Nevada, most of California, and then just a notch of Oregon. And I am a grants management specialist.
0: Great. So can you tell us how you started your career with the federal government?
1: Sure. So I started applying for federal jobs way back in 2015, and I didn't get hired until 2017. And it was one of those where I had a decent job. I was working at auto dealerships, and it's a very difficult life working for car dealerships. And I, it took me a while to realize that I just really wasn't happy, and it wasn't fulfilling to me. So I started looking for government jobs because I like being able to help people and I wanted that retirement security. And that's something you don't always get in the private sector. And I also wanted to be able to work anywhere I wanted to in case I wanted to move and to be outdoors. And so I initially got hired as a seasonal and tried a lot of different things before landing a permanent job. That you know, it took me a while to get to the point where I'm at working in grants, but I don't regret the path that I took at all because I learned a lot along the way.
0: So what was your first job with the federal government?
1: My first job was with the Forest Service and I got hired as a, a front desk person and that's one of the things that I've found working for the federal government is to cast your net wide. So I applied for numerous different things. And that was the first one that picked me up. And I feel like that was the perfect position for me to start because I got to learn tons of different career fields within the federal government because as a front desk person, you're supposed to know a lot and have a varying knowledge of the land and different things that people are doing. So it was, I feel like the perfect starting off point. And from there, where did you go from there? I worked on a fire engine that was initially what I wanted to do was to be in fire, but the, you know, the front desk picked me up first. Um, and with, I worked on an engine up on the Plumas national forest. And then from there, I went back to the front desk because they don't have uh, seasonals usually working in the winter. And then I was a fuels technician after that, And that is more, you're more of a secondary firefighter in that type of position. So you're helping with fuels reductions, helping to clean up the forest. And my specific job was overseeing a fuels reduction crew. And so I would direct them on where to go and what projects they needed to work on.
0: And so it sounds like you spent some time as a temporary employee. So how long exactly did you serve in these types of temporary seasonal positions?
1: I was a seasonal from July of 2017 until May of 2020. So almost exactly three years. And I was unique that I worked year round. I wanted, I didn't want to have to go look for outside employment. So I was lucky that I had the front desk skills and front desk is needed year round. So I could go back to the front desk in the winter and then work in fire in the summer.
0: And so just to clarify, what is uh, the duties
1: of a front desk person for the forest service? Front desk person is the, you're the face and the voice of the forest that you work for. So when people call, the people will call to ask questions and you're the first person that they hear. So you're the the one that they get the first impression of, and people will come into the office to think, do things like get permits, um, ask questions. There are products that we would sell, like uh, fieldwood permits or uh, mushroom picking permits, things of that nature, and even mineral gathering permits. We also sold uh, park passes. A lot of people refer to them as the National Park Passes, but it's for All federal lands. So those that's the primary duties is your, and to direct people. Kind of sometimes you would feel almost like a, like a a travel agent. You know, trying to help people plan their their vacation. You know, where is the best place to go camping? The best hiking trails. And so it really helps to have a background knowledge of those things. But it's not necessary to have that job. That's kind of it in a nutshell. You're um, kind of a a uh, the gateway to the forest for people and a lot of times it's their first time in that area and so they're very appreciative with when sometimes they're out of state or out of the country and you're a vital resource to them
0: wow that sounds like a really important job and I know I've always had a lot of respect for the people that work the front desk because you are the front line of the agency you're the first Mm -hmm. person that you know visitors will have contact with so yeah. I think it's it's a a really good I would say you know entry level position for a lot of folks that might be interested would you agree
1: yeah absolutely because like so people will ask you so many different types of questions they'll ask questions about about fires, if there's a fire nearby, and they'll ask you hiking, camping, wilderness questions, fishing questions, hunting. And so you are kind of, um, I don't want to use the word forest, but you have to learn a lot of different things. So I would quite frequently interact with the, the timber crew, with the fire folks, and with the biologists, because there's always going to be a question that you don't know. And the other Employees at the office that you work at are your resource for that. So it really helps you to truly learn what the Forest Service is about. And I think versus some other seasonals that, you know, might just be out in the field in timber, they don't necessarily get to know the other departments like the front desk folks do.
0: Yeah, that's great. It sounds like it's, I mean, and I know already it's a pretty critical position. And I think a lot of folks don't realize that that opportunity is there just to kind of get your foot in the door.
1: Yeah, Uh, and yeah, absolutely. And there's not a lot of prerequisites. You don't need a degree to get into it. It's, you know, I didn't have any federal experience when I got hired for that job. I just had some customer service background and that helped me, but it's one of those where it's truly an entry level, but it's so vital. And like I said, I I know that my journey would have been a lot different if I had taken some other job because I got to learn so much as a front desk person.
0: So you worked as the front desk, then you got into fire and fuels in your temporary um, situation or your temporary positions. And now you're a permanent employee with another federal agency. So can you tell me a little bit more about that journey?
1: Yeah, so the I would have loved to stay with the Forest Service. That's I feel like that's still kind of where my heart lies in a lot of ways. But um, the best opportunity for me at the time was to get a permanent job with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which is they do manage public lands, but they're not necessarily a land management agency. They're more, they're under military construction. And so it's, it's a completely different environment from what I was used to with the forest service, which I, I liked that environment as well, but I had a similar job. I was basically like a front desk person, but instead of a forest, I was at the lake. So I had a much smaller area to learn, but I did virtually the same type of job and I did that for a year until I found the position that I'm at now with Bureau of Reclamation and it just seemed like a a better path for me in the long run because there was a lot more that I could do with it versus being a front desk person
0: so throughout your career so far do you have any experiences that really got you hooked into working in this type of career field or an experience that
1: really inspired you? I feel like, I feel like from my whole life had kind of led up to this point. You know, I, when I was a child, my parents owned a marina and it was on U.S. Army Corps of Engineers land. So I feel like my background was unique to it, where I grew up around park rangers and fish and wildlife game wardens and CHP officers all those type of people you know they were as a kid they were the people that I interacted with the most because we lived far outside of town so I didn't really get a chance to play with other kids as much outside of school and so the Rangers they were my friends (laughs) and so that gave I was truly an outdoor kid because I spent All my free time outside I didn't have a PlayStation or anything like that or a computer and this granted, this is the late 80s also but. (laughs) I spent all my days climbing trees, you know messing around in the lake so when it became time to look for a career, it just seemed natural to me to go toward an outdoor career because that's what I grew up with and that's kind of my happy zone. But I remember specifically it was. I think it was 2016 and I was living in Southern California and a wildland fire started behind my house up on the canyon. And I remember watching that and watching the helicopters and I had done structure fire, but in a small town where we also responded to wildland incidents. And I remember watching all the activity and watching everybody do their jobs and thinking, you know. I really really miss that and that really was a big drive for me to continue a- applying and not to give up and to eventually get my federal position. I think that was kind of like my my final decision points like yep, yeah, this is what I need to do. I'm tired of working in dealerships. I want to get back to an outdoor type job.
0: And so I know that you to to work toward that permanent, Uh, employee status with the federal government, you went through the American conservation experience program. Can you tell us a little bit more than that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention that part. So that was my last winter with the forest service and I had applied for it because I knew that I could get experience that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do as a seasonal because the position that I did through as an intern through the American conservation experience was one that they wouldn't have offered seasonally. It was a generally a permanent position. So I got to work at a level that was a much higher grade than I was. And so I was an OHV manager type of position. So I helped with, with the recreation side, you know, managing the dirt bike trails and the making sure the signs were up to date and helping with the kiosks to make sure the maps were correct and that people had the right information they needed to go out and enjoy their dirt bike or their atv outside in the forest and so that was a really cool experience and it was really good for my resume also to work as that intern to be able to get my permanent position
0: so in your experiences so far, you know, working in temporary and permanent positions, why do you feel that the work that you have completed uh, contributes to the overall public land stewardship?
1: I feel like that's um, pretty much every position that I've had, It it's contributed in its own unique way. You know, with, as a front desk person, you're helping people to learn where to go and also to be a um, responsible outdoor enthusiast and practicing Leave No Trace standards. You're teaching people that, and a lot of times it's somebody's first time camping, their first time out in the wilderness, first time backpacking. So it's a good educational opportunity. And then working in fire and in fuels, you're truly you know caring for the land and protecting you know trees and resources and animals and things that can't speak for themselves and you're also protecting you know archaeological uh artifacts and you know like old Native American uh, grinding stones and things of that nature that you know they they can't speak for themselves anymore so you're really truly protecting the forest that you work for and sometimes forests that you don't work for, and so that one it's you know absolutely invaluable to protect those those resources. And my current position, you know, it's one that I feel like not a lot of people know much about. But you know, we provide funds to so a grant mismanagement specialist provides funding to nonprofits, universities, local governments, and sometimes other federal agencies for science and research. We also provide Grants for fuels reduction, construction. Uh, the, a lot of our funds go to tribes, and they're making their their local area a better place. And you know, as I described earlier, my region is pretty vast, so I'm working on anything at a time from research for um, cancer in salmon up on the Klamath River to Kit Fox research more down in the desert area and the Great Basin of Nevada. And sometimes we do construction for people to improve their water filtration systems for, you know, fuels reduction on Folsom Dam, there's so many different things that we provide funding for and I feel like most of the time the public really has no idea what, what we do, but it's, it's a, we do a lot and we process millions and millions of dollars every year out of my region for grants.
0: So you I'm I'm assuming that you started off as a what a GS4 with the front desk and, and pay grade? That's correct, yes. Yeah, so that's for our audience, that's a pretty standard entry-level position. And so Katie, what are you, what is your pay grade now as a grants and agreement specialist?
1: Right now I'm a a GS5, about to be a GS7. At my last permanent position, I had gotten up to a GS-6, but because of the career ladder that I'm in right now, I think that's the way you describe it as the career ladder, but it's a GS-579, so they couldn't hire me as a GS-6. So I'm actually a GS-5 step five and about to be a seven in June. But with my job series as a grants management specialist, you could go all the way up to a GS-15. There's virtually no cap on what you can do in this in this job series.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So all of your sorry, all of your really broad experience in these different fields really led you to where you are today. And because of it, now you are, you know, in a career ladder type position where you are going to excel and, and keep developing your career at a higher level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, starting real low. And, you know, even if you don't go past the front desk, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, if that's what makes you happy. But I wanted to go to be able to excel and get, you know, climb the ladder, but not too fast. I wanted to take the time to learn my position and learn my agency and really under make get a good understanding of what i was doing before i move up yeah and that's
0: always the advice i give folks is don't be in a hurry to climb the ladder because the experience that you get from working these jobs that are more entry level in the field really help build a foundation of knowledge so that you at some point if you strive to be more in the management position You will have a better skill set and knowledge of how to better manage the land, whatever resource that may be, and recreation or wildlife, botany, et cetera. And so I think it's pretty fascinating that, and I, I also think, yeah, it's very fascinating to me because you really we're able to find a path much quicker than a lot of people do. I mean, myself, I spent eight seasons as a seasonal before I got my permanent position. Mm -hmm. And so do you have any advice that you would give to somebody that's looking into getting into this type of career field as a person that's
1: never worked for the agency before? I would say definitely explore everything and anything that interests you and you know I know my background is pretty broad you know the front desk fire and recreation they're kind of related but they're really they're not they're totally different career paths but I if it interested me I applied for it and I I was willing to try anything and you know like the OHV job, for example, I had no idea what that was when I applied for the front desk position. I think I actually applied for one as a seasonal that same year, and I didn't get chosen for it. But it still it, it interested me because I'm kind of a a gearhead. I love cars and trucks and and all that. And um, so it was just a a job field that interested me. And I also was I would have tried being a uh, summer wildlife biologist because I love animals and I love being outdoors so I feel like anything that you find interesting try it and especially when you're a seasonal you're only going to be in that position for a few months and if you don't like it you don't have to go back to it but you have that experience on your resume and if you try it and you love it then you know that you can continue with it you can try doing it for a few more seasons try to get on permanent maybe go back to school like I'm doing right now and see if you can get a degree that would help you get that job permanently. And also I would say, do your research and research the position as much as you can. Also research the area that you're going to be working because a lot of these outdoor type jobs are in extremely remote areas and it might be very different from what you grew up with, what you're used to, your day-to-day living. And so definitely research it. Make sure you're going to be okay with that for a few months. And my other advice would be to be patient and just never, ever give up. Is there any
0: other information that you wish you would have known sooner that would have helped you further your career more quickly um, to obtain your desired career
1: path in this field? I kind of wish that I had known about this job years ago because I I mean I enjoyed my path with the Forest Service and I don't regret any of it but I kind of wish I had known about this job sooner so I could have started planning for it because a lot of what I do has to do with public law and policy and I kind of wish I had a little bit more background knowledge in of in it because a lot of it it's a lot to take in at once but I honestly I don't regret the path that I took so um but i kind of sometimes i wish i knew what this job was sooner so i could have prepped for it but like i said it's one of those jobs that the general public usually doesn't even know that we do you know you see rangers and firefighters a lot on the news but you don't see people in my position or you don't hear about it that much you know i'll tell a story with that so the before I got hired with the Forest Service as a front desk person, I actually got offered a position to be on the Groveland Hotshot crew, which is you know the elite firefighting force, and they had given me that offer because I had prior knowledge, I had prior experience in fire, and I was absolutely terrified that that was what they selected me for was to be a hotshot, and and it had been about let's see, about 10 years since I had been in fire. So I had that at the back of my head, you know, you're 10 years older, you know, be careful and, um, listen to your body. And I honestly, I had no idea what I was getting into. And the first day we had to do the pack test, which is where you have to do three miles with a 45 pound pack. And you have to do it in under 45 minutes. Otherwise, you're basically you're on the bus back home, you don't get to continue the position if you fail the pack test. And that was the first thing we did the very first day. And I failed it. And I felt like such a failure. It was just so embarrassing and mortifying. And I, I remember I couldn't even look my crew members in in the eyes, you know, especially, you know, being a female, I felt like it was extra embarrassing that, you know, they're probably thinking, yeah, she can't hack it. And, but I didn't give up. And even though I didn't get to start in that position, I, every week I went to my high school track and I ran three miles and then I started doing it with weights and I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And after I got hired at the front desk, which is a position that you don't need to pack test, you don't have to worry about that, but the division fire chief knew that I wanted to get into fire and he knew that I wanted to get in, into fuels which would mean working for him and so he gave me the opportunity to test with the with the district when they held the pack test and I had told him that I had failed and how mortifying that was but he wanted to give me that opportunity even though he didn't have to and I came in Third place out of everybody, and that was testing that day. And I remember he was standing at the finish line, is like, "Well, there you go. You could have done it all along. You just had to believe in yourself." And I remember I wanted to burst into tears from happiness. And then the following year, then I did get the ability to work for him and be a fuels technician under him, and that was a very uplifting experience. So. Like I said, never give up, even if you fail.
0: That's a that's a very incredible story. And for those that are listening, I've done the pack test uh, more so in my earlier career, and it is not an easy task to get trained for. I mean, you really have to be fit. And so, I would suggest, you know, for anybody that's looking into getting into fire or even trails. Uh, working on a trail crew, start and make sure that you are in tip-top shape uh, before you even start the job, because it will kick your butt <laughs> if you mm-hmm. don't. And, and then you, yeah, you go through, you know, the, the heartbreak of, of not passing the pack test. And yeah, I've been there myself and, And I just want people to know it's, it's not a cakewalk. It's not a walk in the park. It's something that if you really want it, you got to strive for it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I had to practice in my own way that worked for my height and my, the length of my legs. Cause you know, I'm doing it with guys that are Six three, anywhere between you know about my height up to like six three, six five, and so obviously it's easier for them because they're they're taller. And every step that they take, I have to take at least two to make up that same stride. And so I had to figure out a system where I could do it without overusing the muscles that I was struggling with. And so I would walk at a quick pace, and then I would up the pace for half a lap. And then I would go back to the slightly slower pace. So I just uh, alternated my walking speed to make sure that I could do it, do it comfortably and not not fail at it again.
0: And I love your story because you really realized that you had to move around to get to where you needed to be. And that is something I tell people all the time. You can't get stuck in one ranger district or working in one location. You really have to be willing to make some sacrifices like you did yourself.
1: Yeah. And I would have, if I had, you know, everything I wanted in my dreams, as far as a federal job, I would have stayed in, in fuels. And I loved that job. I would have, given anything to have done that job permanently, but they weren't hiring for that job permanently. And I think they didn't, that particular position I had, they didn't hire for it permanently until I think only about six months ago when I left in 2019. So, you know, that it's, you know, you may look at your dream job and think, you know, I want it so badly, but try other things also, because sometimes the the funding just isn't there for that permanent job that you really want to open up and i would have just if i had just waited for that you know kind of like waiting for your your prince charming if i had just kept waiting i would have continued to be a seasonal and i wouldn't have that that job security and retirement security like i do now as a permanent employee and that's invaluable, especially during, you know, what we've just been through with the pandemic. And so even though I still would love to do that position, I'm very happy to be where I'm at now because I do have a pretty a pretty cool job. I get to help local governments and tribes and do a lot of things that they wouldn't otherwise get the opportunity to do without the funding from Bureau of Reclamation. Yeah,
0: that's great. <clears throat> Um, So I wanted to maybe circle back to your experience with the Army Corps of Engineers and the Bureau of Reclamation, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very familiar, I spent 21 years with the Forest Service, I know, and are aware of the jobs that are available with the Park Service and the Bureau of Land Management, but not so much with these two other agencies, so Mm -hmm. So with the Bureau of Reclamation and the Army Corps of Engineers, it sounds like there are outdoor career opportunities. Can you share with us uh, some other potential job opportunities that might be out there with these agencies?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I'll start with reclamation. So, Bureau of Reclamation, we our main purpose is to manage water. We're actually the largest wholesale water wholesaler sorry, of water west of the mississippi river and so we do a lot in a lot of different states but we don't exist nationwide and at the lakes where the dams are you have the park ranger positions and so it'd be similar to what you would do with the park service you know we're we're under the department of interior just like the park service and fish and wildlife services and we also have um, biologists and archaeologists, you know, people like that that go out into the field more than I do, and engineers. So there there are opportunities, not just permanently, but also seasonal. I know that the local lake near where I live, which is New Maloney's, is a huge lake. They have seasonal park ranger positions as well as permanent. So if it's something that you want to try, that's a great way to do it. And the Corps of Engineers is similar. They're very similar agencies in what they do, as far as recreation and public land. So they have um, ranger positions as well. They just don't hire seasonally; it's only permanent. But with the Corps of Engineers, you're you're working for the Department of Defense. So you're you're a U.S. Army civilian. You have the same kind of ID card that somebody that's in, we call it the big army would. So you have to have that in the back of your mind that, that it's a little different than working for the department of interior, because you are part of the U S army. You're not enlisted, but you're part of the U S army. So there's a definitely a different standard that you have to adhere to. And it's a lot of it's little things like you can't paint your nails and stuff like that, but you they have biology positions as well, archaeology, and obviously engineer positions. And the unique thing with the Corps of Engineers is you have the opportunity to work literally all over the world. Anywhere where there's an army base, you can work there. You can do a year long deployment overseas with the big army. And, you know, sometimes that's in the Middle East, in Africa, in Asia. They exist anywhere and so that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize with the corps of engineers and the rangers that i grew up with as a kid they did lots of really great things especially for children they would do nature walks i remember going on plenty of those and managing visitor centers so a lot of things like a department of interior ranger would do but then you have the the homeland security duties that the interior rangers don't.
0: That's really great information. I I knew a little bit, but I really didn't understand, you know, how those two different agencies really work. So thank you for sharing that information, because I feel it's important that when we're advertising outdoor careers, there are two agencies that kind of get overlooked. And there are outdoor career opportunities out there, it sounds like. Uh, quite a variety of them according to what you just told us so
1: mm-hmm. it's good yeah. To
0: know.
1: yeah and the biggest difference really with reclamation versus the Corps of Engineers is the Corps of Engineers is more construction based so they have the they call them the sappers and it's when you're in the the big army when you're enlisted in the army you can go to sapper school and that's a combat engineering school so you have people like that and then the civilian engineers and so they're the ones that build the dams that choose which river they need to 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 dam up to use as a reservoir so that's the biggest difference is corps of engineers is more about the building process but then Bureau of Reclamation is the wholesaler of water and more manages the water. And also the hydroelectricity and all that, like the Hoover Dam is a Bureau of Reclamation dam. But I think the Corps of Engineers built it. And the same thing with New Maloney's that's near me, which is a pretty big dam as well as just not concrete it's more what they call it earthen filled dam so it's looks like a giant pile of gravel from afar but it's actually really huge rocks and yeah. so that was built by the Corps of Engineers back in the 70s but it's managed by Bureau of Reclamation
0: Well, we've really covered quite a bit, Katie, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, share this information with us, but is there anything else that you would like to share that might help folks out in obtaining an outdoor career?
1: Well, one thing I would add is, you know, if you're, don't feel satisfied in your job, there's probably a reason for it. And I remember, having a job right before i got my federal job where i would sit in a windowless office all day and i wouldn't couldn't even tell what the weather was doing outside or what time of day it was how much sunlight there was you know i would pretty much go the whole day without seeing any of the outside and that was just depressing and for some people that that's okay that's their path but i wasn't uh, satisfied with that type of position. So I strived to do something else. And like I said, I didn't give up. And these jobs, I feel like with the federal service are extremely fulfilling because you're helping not just the public currently, but you're helping future generations and you're doing a big service. And I feel like with a lot of f- federal positions, you're doing a bigger service than you realize. And it's that's part of what makes it so fulfilling. And I'd say don't forget to ask for help, whether that's, you know, a a service like Life in the Wildlands or if you know somebody who knows somebody that works in federal service and, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions because it is a daunting process and anybody that works in the federal government knows how daunting of a process is. And I think probably 99% are willing to help you and willing to answer questions and you know, if you're interested in applying at a certain location, especially if it's, you know, in fire, they like to, they like to talk to you, they want to get to know you. Call this the station that you want to apply at, you know, if you want to beforehand and get more knowledge of the area, what kind of response, you know, they, what kind of calls they get, I should say. And just don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Well, folks, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your story and all the helpful information for folks that might be wanting to pursue an outdoor career with a federal land management agency. And thank you to our audience for listening with us today. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will be talking with Chelsea Morgan, a botanist on the El Dorado National Forest in California, who will share outdoor career opportunities with the agency, how she got a permanent position with the Forest Service, and we'll share advice for those seeking a job with a federal agency. See you next time.